Come on, girls. You believe in love? <laughs> well, we got something to sing about it. And it goes a little something like this. Something this like is, this. This is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. Album four, side one, track two. Express yourself. Now, similar to you, Mark, the way that you like kind of live for like a prayer, like express yourself for a long time in my life has been my like a prayer. It's the song that I feel like I glommed onto the most on this album at first and like listened to over and over and over again. And then as the song changed over time and became all those different remixes and the versions of it, like that song has like just sort of lived and lived and lived with me in another way. Mm. I love it. I think it's an amazing second track to the album. After all the drama and the darkness of Like a Prayer, you have this bright, muscular, charging, Stephen Bray-written song. Stephen Bray, welcome back. Welcome back. We needed you back. Madonna is using that deep, throaty voice that she uses in Open Your Heart and all the kind of like, let's go, people. It's her Tina Turner moment. She's doing a shout out. She's like, let's go. And it's amazing. It's got horns in it. It's got Motown. I just, I love it. I love it. And this this song to me feels the most like Madonna with a band. I feel like that totally. like there's a band and they the backup singers. Yeah. Yeah. On yeah. The album and, version, yeah. Well, I hate, I hate all the remixes of this. I think you do? I miss the the horns and all of the kind of Motown-ness of this song. I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, I think what we get in sort of coolness and um, like the the kind of um, heartbeat of the song that rushes through the song in the the remix version that's used in the video and then is the one that we hear on Immaculate Collection and that she sort of, she uses Ugh. to open the Blonde Ambition tour. All the Only time I like it is that version. I mean, I like, I love that version too, but I agree that what we lose is the liveness and the sort of, um, the, the kind of references to the past that the, the original version has. And in fact, I, I would say most people don't know the original version. And you sadly, know. and I've, I've thrown big hissy fits about this because the original version is just so amazing and propulsive and there's so much into it. And, uh, also, Nikki, Nikki Harris and Donna DeLore, um, Madonna's two very famous, the f- most famous and beloved of her backup singers, they really make a strong appearance in this song. They're pretty much in it the whole way. Oh, yeah. And this is kind of the beginning of them being sta- staples in Madonna's singing. I think they, they're amazing because they they kind of give Madonna a, a kind of girl group vibe that the True Blue uh, efforts didn't really quite do. This really coalesces around the three of them. And even when they kind of make an appearance later in Madonna's careers on a one-off kind of way, you always can tell it's them. And it's, I think it's the combination of the two 
different muscular voices because they're very different vocalists and so is Madonna. And so it's this, this really three specific kinds of voices together that's really yes. and it plays out through all of this song. Yeah, they talk really about they way. talk about how they planned it and thought about like where their voices landed in order to support Madonna but also bring this fullness to the tracks. You can really hear it obviously on the original track, but I will say even though I know you hate the remixes that in the Shep and the Shep Pettibone remix that's the really long one that's like the eight like the stop and go mix yeah they pull out almost all of the instrumentation and you can hear the harmony so clearly and yeah. they're just phenomenal Don't go for second best The vocals are incredible on this. Um, and I, she definitely has been studying with a vocal teacher um, by this point. Not the Joan Later era vocal teaching, but definitely um, she's definitely gotten stronger as a vocalist. This also could be because she just spent you know, half a year on a world tour and trying to figure out how to, how to belt out to the rafters. Um, and she really knows how to really use her voice in a, a really um, passionate and strong, strong way. I mean, I just remember hearing this and being like, oh my God, Madonna's voice is just so much bigger than it had, than it had felt before. And anytime Madonna, people say that Madonna's voice isn't great, I always point to this song being like, you try singing that song. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible how muscular her voice is in this song. I think that it's, I think you're absolutely right. I totally agree. I think that it is um, due to the touring. I also think it's due to what we were saying again about 1988, that she had a lot pent up in her. She had a lot of passion. You can hear the need to be yeah. heard in the song, in both of these songs, you know, in both this and in like a prayer, like the need is greater than her talent, right? Ultimately, meaning that the need pushes her voice to another level because she needs it to go there. This happens again in Ray of Light where her voice hits this place where it's like, I didn't think Madonna's voice can go there. And yes, some of it was because of the training she did for Evita. And, but also mm. it was that she had all of this urge pent up and, it finally, and then she's like, I'm going to use my full voice. But it's also the message of the song, which we know about her personal life was um, something that she was feeling in the moment, right? And that it goes back to, to this thing that I was saying, or we were talking about, about her being in therapy and this intentionality to her work that, yeah. again, with both Like a Prayer and this, there's this sense of intention and of awareness of the world and that my voice has power and that I can affect change through my voice. Now, it seems silly to say, oh, through a pop song, you know, she can affect change. But we actually know this to be true, that this song becomes an anthem for women and for gay men or gay people all around the world about how to speak up for yourself, you know? Well, and that lyric, and when he's, when, and when he's gone, he might, and when you're gone, he might regret it. Think about the love he once had, got to carry on and he just won't let it. Be back on his knees to, and it's express himself. 
she's not just saying you have to do this. It's like by expressing yourself, by expressing how you feel, having a point of view and being strong within it, you're going to compel your partner or your fellow friends or anybody else in your orb to do the same. And what is always the, the overwhelming, besides dreams do come true, is work like my work is there so that you will be affected and you will work hard or you will do what you want to do to achieve your dreams. You will feel empowered. And this is- Step into the spotlight. Yeah. This is the song that makes you, makes someone be like, okay, I know that I've, I'm, I'm at a new place in my life. This is what I've learned. And this is one of those big lessons. If you'd learn anything, from this album, it's this song. And I really believe that. I think this is the track, the takeaway message. If if someone only can listen to one song on this album to tr- you know, as a life thing, I think it's Express Yourself is the takeaway message. You know, I think that this song and Keep It Together, which we'll get to, are really um, partners in that. That's also a message song. And I think it's between like express yourself and keep your family close, you know, love your family and accept your family, right? These are two messages that actually go together. It also is no accident that these are the two songs that Stephen Bray wrote. She says very clearly in many interviews and that these, both of these songs were their homage to Sly and Family Stone. Which- and and he, he has some way of unlocking anthems in her. I mean, this is another anthemic both of those are anthemic songs, like Into the Groove, like others. Like, I, I don't know what it is about, and I hope someday uh, we get to talk to Stephen Bray because I would love to know what what it is. And is is it the, the just the music that he brings to the table? Is it their relationship that allows her to be like, we're going to tell people what to fucking do in this song? Or what is it about that? What do you think it is about that? Because it's a very different relationship than she has with Pat Leonard, certainly. Well, I can say, I think it's a few things. One, they go back a long way. Um, They grew up together. I also think um, that we can't ignore um, that Stephen Bray is a black man Mm. and that he probably comes from a, a place where he's more aware of social issues and social injustice and that he probably brings that out in Madonna, who cares about social you know, injustice as well or bringing justice to the world. And so I think that those things coalesce to bring us to a place where they have a, they rec- they use the songs as a platform more and more. I also think he brings this kind of idea of uh, a bigger context than just her personal, like he brings an awareness of the bigger picture of everything. And so yeah. it's like, how is this going to fit into these other bigger things that are going on around you? Madonna, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and maybe totally. reminds her. I mean, she says in an interview around this time that she's um, she doesn't think she should be considered a role model. She's just going to be true to who she is, and that's supposed to be the example. And um, this song embodies all of that. In in this is that song that's like this is what I believe. And if you and you, not if you want to take something from it, but you better take something from it because that's how that's how dry yeah. dr- driven the song is. Yeah, it's sort of like, um, for lack of a better way to say it, I mean, it's the dominant it's the dominant part of Madonna's personality coming out where she's yeah. just like a boss and she's like, "This is what you need to hear from me, and you're going to come with me now and do it." Um, this also has a lot of of live performances. Um, another staple in the Madonna uh, canon. Um, she doesn't do it as many times as like a prayer, but. 
Um, when she does it, it's very intentional and very key. Um, she opens very famous. Well, she her, she premieres it as a live performance during the 1989 MTV Music Awards with Nikki and Donna, um, which is Only why them. which is why the song has always felt like. Uh, their song because they've always been, it seems like they're always lurking around. And um, and it's kind of a, an early draft of the version she's going to do during the Blonde Ambition Tour in 1990. And she kicks the the whole um, show off with um, Express Yourself, um, including when the monocle comes up. And uh, then she does it again in a really amazing version on the girly show. She oh, comes, one of my favorites. She comes yeah. down on a, on a disco ball with an afro, a blonde afro, uh, to sing it, which is fabulous. Again, Nikki and Donna are right by our side. And it mixes from there into deeper and deeper, right? Yeah, Which becomes yeah. a, an orgy. Yeah, it's really fabulous. Um, so the video to Express Yourself, and I think this is maybe why the song um, isn't exactly the biggest Madonna hit that it should be, like it should be like the biggest, is the video is so extraordinary. The video to Express Yourself is probably... I know it's it's the number one video on many um, top 100 videos of all time kind of things is yes. the Express Yourself video. At the it, time, it was the most expensive video ever made. It was made for, I think, $5 million or something. Yeah. And still, it's still like one of the top five most expensive videos ever made. Yeah. Like if you convert the the numbers, you know. And David Fincher directed mm -hmm. it before he was a film director. He was making videos and and... Um, it was treated like a film. It really was treated like a mini film as opposed yes. to a quick music video. This is the first of two, no, three Madonna videos that he directs. Um, two of the three being iconic Madonna videos. Yeah. Um, it's completely different than Like a Prayer. It is cold and industrial and really um, muscular and tough. It has none of the narrative um, hiccups that Like a Prayer has, nor does it have its parable kind of quality to it. Well, it's um, inspired by Metropolis, the movie By Metropolis. Fritz Lang, yeah. Yep. And it's full of movie references. And I think for a lot of people, well, I mean, it showed that Madonna was backing up. She she was backing up all of her kind of research and her her uh, immersion into these other worlds with a lot of references. There's lots of references, every kind of minute detail. She also said this was probably the first time she had as much input into the video as as ever. She's she's involved in every element of this. Um, and I think it's it's also very interesting. Her hair is gone. The dark hair is gone. She is a blonde again. Um, and there's a lot of different versions of Madonna in this video. There's the one on top of the little swan at the top of the show of the video. There's the um, one in the corset in the suit. There's the uh, kind of permed blonde woman wandering around. There's the Madonna who's wet, crawling on the ground. Um, all these different versions of her running around, causing trouble. 
yeah, causing trouble also in power, all in power. So, well, and there's so many beautiful shots in the video of men working out and uh, working like they're they're all in like kind of a, a a chain gang kind of environment, and then there's a lot of wrestling and and bat of uh, you know fighting amongst the men, and she's kind of above it all, and I kind of find that to be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think the video is all about class, and um, you know, she she's I guess. Su- there's some kind of like she has the voice that she's putting through the speakers or sometimes she's playing the man. There's also another man who is in more power than anybody. Maybe that's who owns her or who runs her. Like she may be the kept woman. And and his name, he's an actor named Gustav Virez. And he's a, a character. He's a German Polish character actor who plays a lot of villains around this time. He's in a couple of the Lethal Weapon movies. He's, he, he's kind of one of those prototype. And I did research on him because I wondered if he had some connection to Fritz Lang or that world just as kind of an homage, but no, he's just this really like icy cold. He literally looks like a Bond villain who's like yeah. on a weekend break doing this video. <laughs> he yeah, he looks like, terrifying. Oh, I'll come to your video, Madonna. Yeah, well, there's that whole section too where, um, you know, going back to the horns that have been taken out of the song, oh, the but there are these these black men in a, a glass case with the playing the horns and he's sitting and watching them like a sideshow. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's all about like keeping, it's about oppression. It's about, you know, these, the workers of the world not having a voice and that um, somehow one of the workers, this one man with the long hair. His name that, is Cameron Aborzine. He somehow is not a cog in the machine. He's like awakening to a realization of the power structure that he's caught in. And somehow, and she's also trapped right? She's like... Well, here's a couple of things. So she has a cat. Remember, she's got the cat and she dispatches the cat out to get him. And so he catches the cat and then he brings the cat back to her as part. The the, the pussy is very important in this video. Um, There's also that weird section where she crawls along the floor and drinks the milk and then drops the milk down her back. Which which she didn't want to do. Which she didn't want to do, but she did it, and she loves it now. And it's it's basically "Pussy Rules the World" is the is the the video slogan. Well, that's what she says it is, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, there was a whole controversy about the one section where she's on the bed and she's chained down, and it's like, who put the chain on her? And she always is like, I did. Yeah. But when I look at the video, I don't believe that. When I look at the video, I feel like a man has chained her to the bed. That, that man that we're talking about who runs this whole factory and runs this whole world. And she's trapped too. Um, and that when she releases the cat, that's, yeah, that's her call for help, right? And then he comes and brings the cat back and soils her sheets and gets her dirty with the lower class. But now she's they're mixing upper and lower class. They're together. The people have the power. There's no power. Like they're destroying power structures is what I've decided. Well, I have a couple things. So he <laughs> does take her in her his arms and then he, well, she's waiting for him and she's kind of like, and there's like a shot, like a Christ-like pose she strikes when she turns in the bed to him to and he her picks breasts. her up covering her breasts. And then he like takes her one arm in his hand, they hold hands and then he like twists it behind her back almost to like subjugate her. Yep. And then they kind of get down on the, on the floor. They do not collapse on the bed. 
they um, collapse onto the floor next to the bed. So that's my first, that's, huh. Then the other thing is, is then who is the woman in the suit with the monocle dancing above everything, grabbing her crotch and ripping her bustier up? I think that she's playing the man. She's sort of gender bending and she's sort of inhabiting him and showing this is what male power looks like. And it almost, and, and remember that part of the video too is really, was a really shocking part because she grabs her crotch the same yes. way Michael Jackson had grabbed his crotch in many videos before Correct. this. And everybody was so up in arms. And I thought it was a really pointed moment of like, why is this something a man can do and a woman can't, you know, look at the crassness of this moment and also the power of this moment. And I can have that power too, but actually in this world, I can't. Or, well, and it, it's always frustrated me. Like, I remember when Madonna won the that Billboard Music Award Woman of the Year Award a few years ago, and she made that huge, long speech. And it, it was, I remember the reception to it at the time was like, oh, Madonna, I forgot what such a feminist she is. And yet, this video is so, such a feminist statement. Oh, totally. And, and scholars and feminists and Camille Paglia went to town over this video. And and so many people since then have really examined this video as a fam, feminist manifesto. And it just, it, if, I remember it frustrating me that people needed Madonna to remind them that she was raped back in the day and overcame that as a as a fem, uh, to remind them of her like feminism when they, when this video showed showed her kind of belief system in 1989 in this way that both plays with the power dynamic the gender dynamic and you know at the end of the day though she's still the one who gets the final word right yeah i think that's super interesting and i i but i think that's part of culture mark it's like and and history it's like we forget everything you know such short um, memories yeah um, I want to just go back to that moment of her grabbing her crotch and playing. Like now I'm thinking of another possibility that maybe really that's like the ultimate that is actually Madonna. That she's saying ultimately like I am the boss. Like yeah. we're playing all these things, but really I want you to remember like I'm the, I'm the bad bitch here. <laughs> like, this is my world. I'm paying the bills. Yeah, I'm paying I, the bills. <laughs> actually, I footed the bill for this whole fucking thing. Yeah. I hired David Fincher. I create, I wanted it to be Metropolis. I wanted to show these images, you know, suck my dick, right? Literally, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, hey, well, and, I th and I think that that's what's exciting about it. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like she wants to show both sides of it. And I feel like, Maybe she's asking us, why do you assume I'm the one chain, someone else is chaining me to the bed? Why can't I be the one to chain myself to the bed? Why can't I be someone in complete power and want to be subjugate, want to be, you know, sub, sub, sub when I'm, right. when I'm in bed with somebody? Why can't the sir, why can't the slave, uh, be in charge? Like, aren't we all equal? Like, isn't that what, what the whole point is supposed to be, that we're all equal? And even though he has a job down in the salt mines, he can come up and, you know, take me to bed. Who feeds the cat, though? What happens to the cat once when she's back up there? Well, he brings the cat up. They're going to take care of the cat. The cat's fine. I um, hope so. I'm, I'm positive the cat lived... A, a very happy life. life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, I wanted to say about James Foley versus David Fincher and Mary oh. Lambert. Like, let's just talk about these styles because we're now in a very different visual world. And yeah. 
When I think about the three, we've talked about Mary Lambert's love of Madonna's face. And I think we see this so clearly and beautifully in like a prayer that Mm -hmm. ultimately we see, we see straight on Madonna. We don't always see Madonna straight on. And um, in a lot of videos, we don't. And James Foley had a certain love for Madonna. And, you know, I have this feeling of this theory that they were in love, but he doesn't really capture her at her most beautiful. He captures her frequently in videos at her most real or kind of... Her personality. I think he captures her personality, her playfulness. Even in um, Papa Don't Preach, when we see her dancing around, that's beautiful, but it's not as beautiful as other times where we see her, you know? Um, Whereas David Fincher in this video and then in Vogue coming up, like captures Madonna at her most glamorous and yet mm. still most beautiful. Like I've never like there, these images of her in Express Yourself. I think partly why I love this song is that the images of her, like the hair, the way she, what the way her body looked, the clothes that she was in, which is so beautiful. Like that long kind of yellowish mustard gown, yeah. you know, like the color with that with the kind of like crinkly hair, like it's yes. yeah. all old Hollywood, but also super modern. Yeah. So beautiful. I mean, what I love about the Fincher videos is he really capitalizes on Madonna as a chameleon and and she can be all these different looks. Cause all of the all of his videos, she's there's multiple looks by Madonna, like completely different kind of outfits and hairstyles and and almost kind of um kind of motif motify women i mean the woman that is up on the pet on the thing in the suit on the platform with the suit is very different than the woman in the bustier and uh, who's dancing behind the screens and i think that that's i think that's what he's really interested in is this one woman can be all these different things different people inside Totally. And I think that they both, unlike any of her other directors, are like um, film and art geeks. And so they know all of these really famous, beautiful images from different things, you know? Yeah. I think Madonna really um, loves visual art, yet she realized, I mean, and at this time in Madonna's life, she uh, is making a ton of money and she's spending a lot of it on art. She's buying art and um, stocking her house in LA and her apartment in New York with lots of fabulous art by all kinds of different amazing people. And she becomes quite the collector. And yet she recognizes the reach of pop music and, uh, and music as opposed to visual art. Um, and Express Yourself has a video that finally manages the two in a time that really they're now intri- inexplicably linked together. Well, I mean, I think Like a Prayer does that before this. I mean, don't you think? I think not Like the a same Prayer way. is a work of art. Yeah, but it's not, I mean, you know. It doesn't Mary, connect to older art is what you're saying. And, and I mean, it doesn't feel like Madonna's vision the way that Express Yourself does. I mean, mm-hmm. Madonna wanted to have, you know, the the saint and her get shot in the back by Ku Klux Klan members when she was envisioning the video. Right, and, okay, fair enough. You know, I mean, Mary Lambert was like, come on, girl. Let's just have you fly through the air. Last thing is this does follow the Madonna template. Like we had the first single, which was like the big, you know, powerhouse moment. And then we have the song that's sort of like the kind of more fun in a way, you know, kind of groove song. This is the um, 
uh, Papa Don't Preach or it's the Material Girl. You know, it's like that song that sort of like sticks in your head more. Like that's, yeah. And what a song to stick in your head. Indeed. Until next time. Bye.